All right, so just a quick disclaimer before you listen to today's episode, our first official episode. A, so glad you're here. B, this was the first episode I recorded without wearing the mic. So Martha and I were both just kind of projecting our voices towards the mic. And I was definitely worried you wouldn't hear hear me. So there are a few moments where I get very close to the mic. And I, for that, I am so sorry. Uh, so just maybe don't have it that loud because um, the audio quality in some parts is very unprofessional. But this was also recorded in my parents' closet um, into a pair of Sony headphones. So please stop expecting the best. Just ex- keep your expectations low and you'll always be surprised, as Taylor Goodwin always says. Um, and Martha apologizes. She mispronounced Botticelli. But that's okay, because you're all going to love Martha by the end. So, enjoy! So it's January, and we're all being targeted by our social media ads about how and why we need to lose the weight, take back our bodies, take back the control in our lives, and lose 40,000 pounds with this flat tummy tea. Um, And that's garbage. And while I was home, my sister-in-law Martha and I, uh, I call her the People's Princess, we'll get into that later on in this episode, actually got to kind of sit down and talk about what it is that we love about our bodies and when and how we grew to have the confidence that we have in ourselves and began to totally own the space that we take up in this world. So without further ado, this is the People's Princess and the Favorite Child talking about bodies, why we love them and what we like about them. Hi, Martha. Hello. (laughs) So what you guys don't know is this is the second time that we are recording this, um, mainly because I don't know how iPads and GarageBand work. So here we are, part two. All right. So let's dive back into the body talk. We just had it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it all over again. (laughs) Clearly something we said last time was not right. It was (laughs) The universe is just like, no, <laughs> y'all need to take two. <laughs> so here we are. Like I said in the intro, Martha is the people's princess because she is the family's favorite. <laughs> I do have another in-law. His name is Jim. And though he is great, he is not Martha. So <laughs> Martha is the people's princess. And I, as you all know from my sampler episode, am the family favorite. So hopefully together... We just get to talk about the things that we love about the bodies that we have and the reasons we love them. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's so I, do it. <laughs> to get started, um, I was really excited to record talking to you, Martha, because I feel like we talk about this a lot. We have a mm-hmm. lot of conversations late at night that go on for a long time. Yes. Um, but I have always really enjoyed the ones that we have on relationships and the ones that we have on just body image. And I was like, you know what? It's January. This is like peak time for all of us to hate ourselves and the way we look. (laughs) Something's wrong with us. We got to change it. (laughs) Because like everyone just enjoys the holidays and then they regret the fact that they like enjoyed or they like bully themselves for having too much fun. And I'm like, we definitely baked a ton this holiday. And, and I, I liked it. And I don't feel bad about it. No. <laughs> I ate all the cookies. Mm-hmm. I think I ate like 40 peanut butter blossoms. Oh, definitely. And I'm happy. <laughs> and so I wanted to talk about kind of where that choice to be happy comes from and where that ability to own your existence, like to own the space that you take up, uh, where that kind of confidence and self-love come from, comes from. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that, like, we talked about earlier how I think you are blessed with, like, an ingrained confidence <laughs> in yourself, which is so awesome. And it's something that I had to kind of come by or discover for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was younger, I really struggled with my body image and being comfortable with who I was, not so much of like my personality, like I liked who I was. I've always had a pretty strong sense of who I am and like my identity, but being comfortable in my skin did not come naturally. And so if I look back, I kind of, sometimes I like to compartmentalize my life. It was like before college and then after college yeah. and where my life kind of began in college where I decided that I was going to be confident. And I think for some of us when it's not something that comes naturally, it does have to be a conscious decision. And so I was telling you how we used to have a sports psychologist come talk to our team. Because you were track captain at BYU. Oh, yes. Like, humble brag. <laughs> Go Cougs. Martha's a paid athlete. <laughs> I was. Not anymore. <laughs> but yes, at one time I was. And uh, because of that, we had some really awesome uh, resources. And so we had a sports psychologist who would come in. And one of the lessons he talked about, uh, this idea of confidence, and positive psychology and how the the active thoughts we have running in our head always make it into our subconscious and so it's like this running wheel that we put things on um, and then eventually it goes deeper and we don't control that subconscious anymore but those yeah. things keep playing over and over again and so like when I was younger the things I would tell myself or the negative thoughts I would have those things were running constantly without mm -hmm. me realizing it yeah and so, in this lesson, he was saying how, like, we needed to be more intentional about our thoughts. And so, if you are, like, if you are struggling with confidence, you need to be thinking about confidence as much as you can. It's and like, if you think about it, you'll become it. Yeah, because he's like, yeah. if you're, it's, this, it's the same principle when it's like, someone says, oh, don't look at that. You're going to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Don't think about an elephant. You're thinking about an elephant. So, instead of doing the, don't do this, like, don't be insecure, don't, yeah, don't yeah. feel weird. Just it's, be confident, yeah. think confident. Think confident, and he's like, the thoughts you have will change everything about how you interact with the world. So I started to see that, like, you present yourself more confidently, you're more comfortable making eye contact with people. And mm -hmm. luckily, I'm like, there were certain things, like I, <laughs> I had a, a teacher in junior high who that was one of his biggest... I, I sticks like he wanted us to look him in the eye so I remember being in like the computer class in seventh grade just like staring at him like <laughs> not blinking well, and it's funny <laughs> that you like said I have this ingrained confidence because that's something I like literally struggle with mm. I have the hardest time looking people in the eye I will look oh, all over I will look like at their nose over the shoulder right <laughs> above their hairline and when I was working in a restaurant like right out of high school this like child who was the dish boy he was like three years younger than me one day he's like can you like just look me in the eye when you're saying something and I remember being like oh like just so terrified of this like 14 year old that just sassed me because I'm like I didn't know but I struggle to look people in the eye and so it's funny that that's tied to confidence because I'm like oh maybe I don't have the confidence I thought I had well, but then it's funny because I think it's also tied to like 
me being neurotic because sometimes I'm like I've been looking at them too long. And I know I'm like having blinked. I need to look around. <laughs> what else? I need to look at my hands. <laughs> how, how do normal people have conversations? Like, what do? Where do they look? Kind of I'm Am I using my hands too much? <laughs> totally. But it's okay because we're thinking confident. Yes. Yeah, so I. I've so come, we're we're confident. I've come a long way since seventh grade, just staring at my teacher <laughs> as intently as I could. But that was something that the sports psychologist would talk about. He's like, you start to look at people in the eye, you will hold yourself more upright, like you will start to approach the world in a more confident manner. And so I feel like with a lot of things that have to do with this, the mentality of kind of like fake it till you make it really is a good way to start. Yeah. And so if you don't feel confident, you got to pretend to be confident. Like yeah. you gotta, if you, that's what you want to be, you got to start being it right now. So just because it's going to become your actions. Like your yeah. thoughts are going to become your actions. Thinking yeah. you're confident, yeah. You're gonna walk taller, shoulders back, head yeah. held high, and look people in the eye. Right. <laughs> It'll Cause, happen. Because there are very few things, granted, I do think they happen. There are very few events that I think will automatically trigger those kinds of things. And I think people are really looking towards like, oh, when I lose this much weight, I'll feel confident. Or when I get this job, I'll feel confident. Or when I'm married, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many things we put value on to kind of like glean that confidence from where I think when it comes to what it really is, what like the big picture is, it's gonna come from you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter what outside circumstances are happening. So we have to start now instead of waiting for those things to come. So right before our water break, <laughs> I was talking to you about how I struggle to look people in the eye. Yes, which I'm surprised by. But like, so when I say I don't look people in the eye, it's because technically, I was trying to make myself sound less like a creeper, it's because I look at people's lips, <laughs> which sounds like I'm just trying to kiss everyone. <laughs> and like on the DL, maybe I am. But... <laughs> I remember seeing a video on Facebook, so it's like peer-reviewed, obviously, like very legitimate, like pure science, because it was on a Facebook post somewhere. Of course, yes. Um, pretty sure someone's the aunt posted it, <laughs> and I'm I'm guaranteed this has gone under scientific review. But it was funny in the video they explained people who were bilingual and like <clears throat> I'm trilingual, so humble flex. Um, but in the video they had said something about how like when people speak more than one language, their like brain is constantly like going back and forth between like which language is it, what am I hearing, how am I interpreting. And in my defense, that video said if you speak more than one language, you will often look at people's mouths when they talk because your brain is trying to focus on what language and like what like forms and shape like just how totally. the, how the words are coming out of their mouth. Oh yeah. And at the time I didn't know it. So when that little dish boy told me to dish, by the way, mom and dad, I said dish. <laughs> Just clarifying. Um, when he said that, I was like, I'm so ashamed. And then I but later really, on. He just spoke terrible English. <laughs> and, and I really needed to focus on the shape of the mouth. Um, and so you now know. today I'm like, oh yeah, I still struggle. But I'm just going to tell myself it's not a confident thing. It's just a I speak too many language thing. Like, I like it. I'll take it. Um, and then, so yeah, we talked a little bit about your confidence journey and kind of what got you there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we can talk a little bit about mine because this is um, my podcast and I'm the star. <laughs> yes. People are going to hate Please, me. Please, Becky. <laughs> They're going to hate. They'll be like, listen to one episode and be like, no. this girl is such a narcissist. <laughs> Maybe I am. Please diagnose me. Um, but, because you had mentioned that it was a little more ingrained, perhaps, in me. Mm -hmm. And 
it's it's weird because I don't yeah I think it is and maybe that's what I'm saying is weird what I'm trying to get at is when I was younger and when we were living abroad we attended our church congregation as we do I meant to preview this in my little episode sampler but it's gonna come out because it's a big part of my life mm-hmm. uh, we're religious Martha also happens to be a part of the same religion we are Latter-day Saint people call us Mormons it's like a nickname mm-hmm. but like LDS Latter-day Saints and so we attended our Latter-day Saint congregation in Italy for four years and every Sunday without fail this man this like older gentleman like kind of grandfatherly age would always look at me and say, you're the prettiest in the family. And I was like, at first kind of caught off guard, like, well, no one's ever said that. Like, I think it, but no one's ever <laughs> said it. And then, like, it just happened every week. And it it definitely started to form this, like, total, like, impenetrable confidence in myself yeah. where I'm like, he's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, like, constant validation <laughs> that I didn't even know I needed. And I think as kids, because no one's ever, like, intentionally telling a kid, like, you're ugly. (laughs) But, um... At least we'd hope not. (laughs) Yeah, please don't ever tell kids they're ugly. But I think, for the most part, a lot of us just kind of coast along, and we begin to internalize things that we feel about ourselves, or things that, like, other people feel. So we just had a cute little intruder. That would be the noise you just heard in the background. Um, the prince himself, Eli, my son. Martha's little boy came to the closet we were filming in, so I don't know how to edit out that sound of a door opening, but just know that we just had the cutest little visitor. So anyways, what I was saying, though, is I feel like as kids, for the most part, we just kind of, like, coast along in life, and little by little, we pick up maybe ways that people feel about their own bodies that kind of are projected outwards then we start to feel that we should carry those kinds of feelings or shame or frustrations about the our own bodies and it's that it in my opinion that's kind of how our tolerance of the way we look kind of begins and so I think I was at an okay state when I moved to Italy I was like nothing had really gone awry yet to make me feel differently and then to just have someone tell me every day you're the prettiest in your family I was like you know what (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) um and it's like finger guns (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually that's my like photo number one photo go to and I'm like or or the fact that like the peace sign has really come back in 2020 that's true like anytime I'm in the mirror I'm like oh dang you're cute peace sign and I'm like what is going on here Rebecca (laughs) um but yeah so I think you're right I think it is a little more and I think it's just because I had that positive validation from a mm-hmm. from a stranger who then became a kind family family friend. Um, and it was kind of funny because he would then like see my sisters when they'd come back to visit, and he because my sisters at that time were studying in Switzerland. It was a whole thing, and they're like four or five years older than me. And he would always ask them like, "How does it feel to not be the prettiest in the family?" So I don't know if he like everything he was doing was totally like good. Like he definitely was not building up their so confidence. He was the one telling the kids, "You're not that pretty." <laughs> but they had all the Italian boys telling them they were pretty, so they were fine. They were. I just had the old grandpas telling me I was cute. Um, but anyways, I think that is kind of where came from so I just grew up being like yeah I am pretty yeah I am the prettiest and now to this day I'll be like nothing can bring me down because I know that in my heart I'm the prettiest in the family (laughs) well and that's I think such an interesting thing because I do feel like I had a lot of positive reinforcement when I was younger like well yeah I don't mean that to sound like your childhood was bad oh no no no, not at all (laughs) and it's more so like I don't know like introspection on my part just because I don't know, I look back and it's like, obviously everyone has hard things that they've gone through growing up, or family things, like my family wasn't perfect, 
but I did, I, I had a great family and I had parents who really loved me and supported me. And I, I had the occasional old man at church be like, <laughs> you're so beautiful. <laughs> and it like, sounds creepy in today's day and age, but I oh, like, no, we should no. clarify. It was totally wonderful. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I was the most accepting of this. <laughs> no, and I'm like, there is there is a man in our church congregation, Clayton Waite, who maybe was a little bit on the creepier side when he said things. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, if I were your age, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Ugh. Sweetest yeah, man. No. <laughs> Thanks, though. But things like that, and then I remember a friend's mom saying that I was like a, a Botticelli angel, like, and I was like, what? <laughs> but I, I, I didn't, I did not internalize those things, and I, I wish I had. They I were kind of said to you. Yeah, they were said mm -hmm. to me, and I feel like I let them bounce off of me because I didn't believe those things, mm -hmm. or. I think you'll probably go into this in a different episode, so I'll just skirt over it, but because I wasn't being validated by, like, boys my age... Ooh, we're going <laughs> into that! Chronically single here! We want to talk about validation from men our age! Tune in in a few weeks. <laughs> so, if I, I... Because I didn't have boys telling, like, boys my age telling yeah. me I was beautiful or validating me, it felt superficial or like it was oh, 100%. Real. It was like only the moms and the old men think I'm beautiful. <laughs> and they have to gray. think I'm beautiful because they're the moms <laughs> yeah. and the old men. <laughs> like when we say it like that it's weird, but it isn't weird. No, old men because they have better perspective. <laughs> yeah. They appreciate a good personality. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think there were things and maybe this is like hashtag middle child problems. Maybe that's what my <laughs> diagnosis is. But it was like never never feeling like I could measure up to my expectation or what I thought I should be. And a lot of that was around my body and mm -hmm. the way I looked. And mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not like I was some kind of ogre. Nobody is. No. But I'm like, I am a taller person, not the tallest. Like, mm -hmm. I'm 5'9". I'm 5'11". <laughs> Flex. Um, <laughs> Again, everyone's gonna hate me. But like, no. bring back Martha. We want the people's princess. <laughs> Who is this self-centered ego queen? No. no, it's awesome because I. It was things where I think both of us experienced kind of that comparison game pretty early on when you don't mm -hmm. look the same as other people or you're taller mm -hmm. than all the boys or bigger than the boys or bigger than all of your little girlfriends who are still shopping in the kids section. I When did you stop shopping in the kids section? Was oh, that a weird question? I don't even remember. <laughs> exactly. like, I, I don't think I ever fit the kids section. Maybe fifth grade? I don't know. I'm like... I remember being in grade four and wanting to wear cute white kids because everyone, all the girls, had cute white kids uh -huh. and asking my mom to take me to the NEX which was like I honestly couldn't tell you what the acronym stands for, but it's an American store on an American base in a foreign oh, country. <laughs> that's what it was. So we go to the NEX, we go to the shoe section. I tried on the largest kid, the largest kid size for kids that they had, and my foot was too big in grade four. Oh, and I remember being like, so what do I wear? <laughs> and then my mom's like, you could try on these ASICs. And I was like, those are mom shoes. And I don't remember if I bought them or if I just like kept wearing sandals. But I remember in grade four being like, okay, so kids' shoes are no longer an option for my canoe-sized foot. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and I'm like, well, distinct memory of going trick-or-treating on Halloween when I was 10. Oh, no. And then, what happened? Well, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if it was my costume. I... Happened to dress up in like a thrift store, like full military garb, like 
with the hat and pulled my hair back. So I don't know, or a grown man, but some some elderly man who was giving out. Did he thank you for your service? No, he just said, "Don't you think you're a little old to be trick or treating?" I'm ten years old. So. Oh my gosh! I'm sure he didn't mean anything. And I hope him the best. A sad experience. <laughs> okay, had to pause that so I could cry. Laughing, crying break. <laughs> a laugh, crying break. Um, basically, if you guys could see Martha, she's a vision, and that old man is an idiot because, at the very least, I wish he'd thank you for your service. Um, but now that we've dug up your childhood dramas and we've talked about all the times you weren't confident. Uh huh. Like you mentioned earlier, that confidence kind of started to build in college then. Yes. That's when you, your new life as a confident woman began. Yes. And I think, I think part of that, I don't know, maybe it's because the theme of New Year's, everyone, like, everyone loves a new beginning, like a yeah. marker, and why, like, who, the psychology behind why it's easier to start a goal on Monday than it is on a Thursday, like. Yeah. But I had gone to school... And my first year of college, I went to a, a state school, Illinois State University, which is a great university, but it just didn't work out. Um, and so I ended up transferring to Brigham Young University, which is a church school in Utah. And <clears throat> I think I started just to like coming into myself, like feeling like I wanted to be that confident person mm -hmm. um, and recognizing the things that were making me uncomfortable about myself. And granted, looking back now, it's like, I wish I could tell my younger self that like your weight wasn't the problem, like your size wasn't the problem. Mm -hmm. And now, like in hindsight, I can see all the things that like came together to change that or change like my confidence for me. But I did start to take control of my life and I started to recognize the things I didn't like and the things I wanted to change. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, like, unfortunately, I equated a lot of my confidence gaining to my weight loss. Mm -hmm. And so it Which was... Which I think is what a lot of people do. Like, it's yeah. a natural thing to be like, oh, I lost this weight, so now I'm worthy <clears throat> of all of these things I wasn't worthy of before. Right. And because now I'm worthy of those things, I'm also going to be more confident. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's just kind of like... An almost domino effect yeah that I don't know about you I mean I believe I know about you we've both worked to kind of get out of that headspace uh -huh. to disassociate with yeah. that that well, idea well and it's hard I'm like I know we've, I know we've talked about this in previous conversations but and on the previous episode that I lost <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing conversation constantly <laughs> but it's it's really hard um, to I don't for lack of a better phrase but like disembody our experiences mm -hmm and the way that we perceive other people's experiences and so something that like thinking back now it's it's wild i'm like i know people were proud of me for all the things i was accomplishing but it's wild to think back on the times when people saw me after i lost some weight and how excited people get when you've lost weight and that's like, something that and I'm glad you said that, because uh -huh. that's something that I am trying not to do. I'm mm -hmm. trying not to centralize anyone's progress or success mm. on any kind of weight loss. Because I've had friends in the past where I'll see them, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're looking skinny. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, they're like, I, I don't know. 
because they're yeah. not necessarily trying to lose weight. It's just kind of where life took them. Either they're walking mm. to school more or they're eating a salad for dinner because they like it. A lot of the times it's like that isn't the focus. Mm -hmm. That was the side effect. Right. But we, I think just as a world, are so zeroed in on the physical appearance that we make mm -hmm. that side effect <clears throat> the only the only interesting thing about them. Totally. Well, and it's, you have, like, I feel like the worst case scenario, you have things like one of my sisters, um, Emily, who has had a lot of health struggles throughout her life, and at one point she had gotten really, really thin um, because of her illnesses, and um, I hope... Emily, if you listen to this, I hope this is okay I'm saying it. <laughs> but as she said how it's hard because people are so complimentary. Mm -hmm. And, like, people would compliment how thin she was or the way she looked. And she's like, I am really sick. Yeah. <laughs> and so we don't, I think as people generally, as operating on, like, a superficial level, we're not looking deeper into those things. Where, granted... Like, when weight loss is a goal, that is an exciting thing to accomplish, but it's also really important to recognize, like, wow, how cool is it that you go to the gym three times a week when you mm -hmm. didn't go at all before? Mm -hmm. Or, like, you you look like you feel good. Yeah. Or, like, you look so, like, bright. Like, you look so happy. Yeah. And I think it's those things, and I try to catch myself where I'm like, I, I hope that I focus on those things more. Yeah. Where it's like, of course, like, I think we can appreciate beauty and that people look beautiful, but it comes from something deeper inside. Yeah, not and that, so, like, superficial, ex external. Yeah. And going with the same, like, sharing other people's experiences. <laughs> I had a friend who struggled, and they had a lot of health concerns, and they were really, like, going through the depths of depression. And I didn't know about the internal struggle Mm -hmm. um, until afterwards. And so when I saw the outer projection, I was like, you look amazing. You've mm -hmm. lost so much weight. Did like, how are you feeling? Like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I'm not sleeping. I can't I'm eat. Dying. <laughs> I'm incredible. Like I'm on antidepressants. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I am so sorry. Cause I've heralded this new version of you when you mm -hmm. are for all like none of the purposes, like at the lowest you've ever been. Right. But I'm telling you, you look amazing. Yeah. And like never felt like such an idiot. <laughs> Well, and it's it's hard because I think that since, like, society ingrains that in us, because at the same time, I'm like, I know that I do this, and I'm, I'm working really hard to rewire this part of my brain, but I do equate, especially myself, I'm like, and I know we're all our harshest critics, but, like, I equate weight gain with negative connotations, mm. or, like, I've gained weight, um because of X, Y, and Z, I'm not taking care of myself, blah, blah, blah. Which, I'm like, there are cases when that's true. Um, but that weight gain doesn't always mean that that is the case. Like, yeah. those things aren't always true because of weight gain. Right, and it's yeah. like, I think that society teaches us, like, thin is good and healthy, overweight is bad and mm -hmm. unhealthy, and if you were depressed, you'd be gaining weight. Like, mm -hmm. depression doesn't mean you lose weight. Yeah. So, it's things like that where... I have to catch myself for myself. And the ever-famous door opening. <laughs> Intruder alert! <laughs> Intruder alert part two! When we have a podcast studio one day, it won't be like that. But for now, it's my father's closet. <laughs> and there is a very capable two-year-old roaming the house. Really good at opening the velociraptor doors. <laughs> Don't worry, there are parents and other people are taking care of him, but he's just curious and he likes his mom a lot, like I do too. She's amazing. 
Um, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna end this episode here and we're gonna just start recording for a part two that will be up and available for your listening ears next week. So just sit tight um, and I hope that this has been meaningful for you and I hope this has helped. And um, we're gonna start going on part two. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that discussion and I hope you come back next week for part two. Sorry, it was such an abrupt ending. Can you tell I'm new at this? Anyways, don't forget to uh, subscribe and comment and rate and review whenever you can. Thanks so much, you guys. See you next week.